the SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And football bingo is back, this time for the NFL Christmas Day slate. Free to play, and every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, I am Blake Meyer, joined by my man Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good here. Pretty uh, shocking news happened overnight. I know we're, we're now uh, 12 plus hours away from removed from it, but still kind of a, a shocking jolt that uh, Carlos Correa, who had, a, had an agreement pretty much with the uh, Giants, is now a uh, New York Met. Yeah, I woke up this morning. I mean, I wake up like 3 a.m. I woke up to your text and saw that and was like, what the fuck? Like, like Muna said in the Discord, Lil Fishy seems like he might have got like some kind of change of heart and magically couldn't pass a physical just so he could uh, go out and play for a better team in the Mets. Yeah, you, you wonder what happened there. I mean, it does seem like it was some sort of physical medical issue. Maybe it's something the Mets think they can he can play with and be fine. Maybe it's something they know they can remedy. Or maybe it, it was something more uh, underhanded, like a change of heart after the Gi- after he looked at that Giants lineup with him in it. And he was like, this still is not good. And he realized he can get a, a similar bag, if not bigger, with the Mets. And, you know, credit to Steve Cohen here. So, yeah, you, so you found out you woke up, you wake up like 3 a.m. Pacific time. Right. Yep. Three Pacific time. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I mean, typically uh, on a on a weekend or if I don't have work, I being awake at two thirty eight a.m. when John Heyman tweeted out this news <laughs> would not be uh, abnormal for me. But I, I was already in bed. I got up to, to use the bathroom and then I checked Twitter and it was uh, John Heyman breaking Carlos Correa and the Mets have a deal. Three hundred fifty million, twelve years. I'm like, OK, did uh, was this another arson judge situation? Did John Heyman get <laughs> hacked by somebody that? Is going to put out there a, a very obvious like this is realistic, but it clearly could be fake. But no, then we had uh, other people report it as well, uh, local reporters out there for the Giants, and this is what we talked about the whole time. Carlos Correa maybe is that I don't know if it's the missing piece or the final piece, or it may not even be the final piece for the Mets here, but he helps make that lineup look more like an all-star lineup, like we talked about. I agree. I'm curious to see where he's going to hit in the lineup. Damn, I got to stop saying I agree. But I think for me to do that, you got to stop saying stuff that I agree with. But <laughs> I, I want to see where he's going to hit in the lineup. Just because they do have 
kind of a weird lineup. I know we talked with Gary Sheffield Jr. about how they've spent all this money, but their lineup wasn't necessarily something you'd be scared of. I am actually legitimately scared of the Mets lineup now, like even just adding Correa. That's just another big bat that slots right into their lineup. And I mean, he probably hits. Oh, fan graphs right now. Their projected lineup for the Mets against right-handed pitching is Nimmo. I think they'll have Nimmo lead off. He has a good eye. He, he runs to first base on walks like a fucking nerd, but good leadoff hitter for them. Uh, Brandon Nimmo. They have Correa hitting second, then Lindor, Alonzo. I think it's kind of if you hear they have Jeff McNeil hitting fifth. He's a good average hitter, 326 average, but not a power hitter at all. I only had nine home runs. Uh, after him, Starling Marte, then the D.H. Vogelbach, uh, Mark Kanya, Kana, and then uh, Omar Narvaez from uh, Milwaukee. They signed him. So, like, it's a it's a good top four. It's a it's. Yeah, I, I'm biased. I would take the Phillies healthy top four, five, six over this lineup. I mean, the, the, and that's the thing. The Mets went out and spent. They're spending more in luxury tax than like 10 MLB teams spend in total. And they're still not clearly the best team in the division by, by any means with, I mean, that, that's, that's a testament to how well the Phillies have gone out and also kind of built up their team by buying a championship with, or trying to buy a championship with Harper and now Trey Turner and last offseason Castellanos and Schwarber. And now we have we have Hoskins still is going to be a free agent. Nola is going to be a free agent after the next season. Zach Wheeler uh, brought in Tyon Walker. The bullpen still an issue for the Phillies. But lineup wise, I, I think I take the Phillies. I may even take the Braves. I, I haven't looked that closely at the Braves lineup. I'm going to bring it up as uh, I get your thoughts on this. <laughs> uh, very smooth transition. Um, I mean, I, I take the Phillies lineup too. Phillies just one through nine, I think have overall just have a better lineup, but I mean, the Mets top four is scary. Now Correa is somebody that I think got overlooked a little bit last year. He did deal with some injuries, played 136 games, but he still had a hell of a season. I mean, he hit 291, 24 doubles, 22 home runs, 833 OPS, which is crazy. And I mean, if you look at his, uh, Baseball Savant page, if I could spit that out, it's just all red. Like, the only thing that's not, it's outs above average, but I don't I don't really care about that, especially in terms of fantasy. That does nothing for me. But, like, average exit velocity, 67th percentile, hard hit rate, 74th percentile, expected batting average, 89th percentile, slugging, 92nd. And he had the, where was it at? The second best barrel rate of his career. You know, I love a good barrel rate. barrel rate that's almost double the league average like he he makes excellent contact and making excellent contact in a lineup that is probably going to have people on base all the time he's going to be an rbi machine yeah i i think this is uh looking at the braves lineup it's similar to the to the mets lineup where you got a good, a good top four or five. You got Acuna, Michael Harris Jr., Austin Riley, Matt Olson, and you got Sean Murphy. Good good pickup for them. But then it's Albies. We'll see how he bounces back from his injury. Eddie Rosario, Ozuna, and then Von Grissom, a, a young young kid coming up. So, I mean, it's they're all all pretty comparable here with the Mets, Braves, and Phillies because the Phillies do have. I mean, they're still relying on Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, Brandon Marshall, three young players there, seven through nine, hoping. 
one or two of them can kind of come through and be a better hitter than that. But yeah, this this uh, Correa signing gives the Mets, you know, that that one big kind of addition to their lineup because as we talked about, they were pretty much maintaining their lineup. They had to bring Nimmo back. They brought they brought in Verlander to replace Degrom. They brought Diaz back. They upgraded a bit at catcher, but besides that, I mean, up until Correa, their only upgrade was Senga, uh, Quintana maybe over Carrasco if you want to say that, but. Correa, I mean, is definitely a big splash for them. Yeah, and especially with how he ended last season as well. Like, if you take August 1st through uh, their first couple games in October, he hit 323, uh, got his walk rate all the way up to 11%, K rate under 20%, 10 doubles, a triple, nine home runs, and 28 RBIs. Uh, He was an offensive machine at the end of the season which is very much how he has been for his whole career when injuries don't mess with him. But I mean, he is somebody that I think he's easily, he's a 30 double guy. I don't want to call him a 30 home run guy just because he's never not, hit 30 not, before. Not in that ballpark either. Like he's, no. he's, and he's topped out at 26. I mean, he, he has had injuries, as you mentioned, there was the shortened season where he only had five for months and 58 games, but his uh, 162-game average averages 28 home runs, has never reached that. Averages 101 <laughs> RBIs, has never reached that. But, I mean, he's a solid hitter, 279, OPS 836. I, like, I, I don't know if he was overhyped with the whole grouping of the shortstop, if he was underhyped. But he's a guy that, that got caught up in the, the Astros cheating scandal. You know, he's a guy that I was texting with one of my friends in the Mets fan. He was like, oh, I, I hate Carlos Correa, but I, I love – I love the signing. I love spending money on him. So, so you still have people that, I mean, he, the thing is he's only 28, like these other guys out there that they're usually at the free agency in like the thirties, but he's only 28. He could just continue to get better. And in a lineup like that, that Mets lineup, especially if he's hitting second with Lindor and Alonzo around him, he could get a career high in runs. Cause I think he's, he hit 104 runs in 2021, his last season with the Astros. It's only 70 last season. So I can see him getting up close to maybe 100 runs, 80, 90 RBIs, 25 home runs, solid batting average. He's going to be a, a pretty solid fantasy baseball player. Uh, I know you mentioned Lindor. So I wanted to ask you, with the likelihood of Correa now moving to third base with Lindor there, because the Mets aren't going to make their all-star shortstop they mm-hmm. already have moved so Correa is going to move to third do you think that has any kind of impact on his fantasy value All right, well before we uh get into that why don't we uh shout out our sponsor winbet winbet is the official online sports book of the sports gambling podcast network winbet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of way to win including live betting and same game parlays you gotta love those plus for the dgens only try your luck at winbet's parlay wheel Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100, limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. 
Offers subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbuy.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough window is available. If you or somebody knows a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget to enter the SGP Mini Helmet Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And football bingo is back, this time for the NFL Christmas Day slate. Free to play, and every bingo gets a $100 SGPN gift card. There's some uh, there's some sick merch there in their merch stores. Make sure you enter that exclusively on the SGPN app. I would All just right. like to say I am, I'm a big fan of the enthusiasm you do those ad reads with. Uh, I've been switching it up recently. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, maybe I'll be a voiceover actor <laughs> in future years here. Can only hope. Yeah, as we're getting uh, along here, you mentioned the the fantasy value, fantasy impact here. This is a fantasy baseball podcast, after all, so we should probably get into that. And uh, I had this idea earlier today. We were, we were planning to record here no matter what, so getting this Korea news just gives us a, a great great topic or topics to talk about. I was like, okay, let's each take five or ten minutes, not too much, because we're going to get into this later in the offseason and rank our top 10 shortstops now that Correa is signed with the Mets, and also our, our top 10 third baseman, because he will become third base eligible after five or 10 games, depending on your uh, fantasy platform. And uh, yeah, so let's, uh, you want to get started with shortstop or third base? Let's go, let's go shortstop. Right, makes sense. It's where he's been. It's where he's traditionally been uh, slotted here. Um Starting off, I think we're both going to have consensus. Trey Turner there, number one. Absolutely. Uh, it might be iffy, number two. Who you got, number two? Oh, for the record, everybody, I can't remember if you just said this or not, but we have no idea what the other person's rankings are. This oh, is yeah. a complete. Yeah. We're we're surprising each other here. Number two, I have Marcus Simeon. It was a close one between him and my number three, but I went with Simeon. Oh, he is shortstop eligible, isn't he? I uh, I, I forgot about you have him second. I I, I, I forgot <laughs> I, that I'm second. I, you forgot I, he I, exists. I didn't think of him as a shortstop whatsoever. Is he a shortstop eligible on ESPN? I guess. Yep, I I did all my. I don't know if he's player checking on ESPN. Let me check. Yahoo is apparently also uh, eligible there on Yahoo. Um. Yeah, he's probably a guy I would put uh, lower, definitely lower on my list. I'd probably, now that I'm considering him on this list, he wasn't even consideration. <laughs> I'd probably put him seven to ten. I, I don't. What, what is your argument here for having him number two? Uh, I liked the way that he ended the season last year. I know he started off really weak in the beginning of the year because I do those uh, Reddit AMAs during the season on the Fantasy Baseball subreddit. You guys can come check it out if you'd like. You can also hit us up on Twitter at SGPN Fan Baseball in the offseason if you have any uh, Fantasy Baseball questions around that time of the year. But uh, he ended – I'm trying to stall. I have I wrote down his stats from the end of the season. Like he okay. started I mean, out really uh, uh, before you then before you dig in while, while you're looking up the stats for his second half. Uh, I'll give you my number two. Hopefully he's uh, close to number three or number four for you. Uh, I don't know if he was my my namesake for my keeper league team. Uh, little Bo Peep, Bo Bichette here. <laughs> I think he's still only getting better. Bit of a step back last year. I mean, 29 home runs to 24 home runs. Still had 93 RBIs, hit 290. I, I think he's a guy who's going to be 
I think he's projected to hit probably second, third in that, in that Blue Jays lineup. And, you know, they have all that power we talk about with uh, with Vlad. Yeah, he's projected to hit second behind Springer ahead of Vlad and Kirk and Matt Chapman. So he'll get on base. He'll get some runs. He's still entering his prime. He's only going to be 25. So he's my number two. Man, we got some very different lists. Uh, I have full, full. Bichette, Bichette is in my top ten. He is not in my top. I would five. hope he's in the top ten. Not in he's not in my five. top five. He's number six on my list. Oh, spoilers! Spoiler alert! He's number six on mine. Okay. Uh, but my number three. Who's your number? Why, wait, why do you have Samian so high? <laughs> oh, you can't, you can't get out of that. <laughs> Okay, uh, so first half of the year, he struggled. He only hit 239, had a rough, especially very, very beginning of the year. His power was kind of gone, couldn't even hit for average, really struggling. And the second half of the year, he hit, uh, let's see, 72 games. He hit 259, up from 239 in the first half. 16 doubles, three triples, 13 home runs, 51 runs scored, and 40 RBIs. And he also stole 25 bases on the mm-hmm. season, which was almost double his previous career high. And with the bigger bases next season, if Texas is going to give him the green light to run like that, if he can kind of take his second half of last year and his year prior, he could legitimately be a 40, well, 40 double, 35 home run, 30 stolen base guy, which would be nuts. I wouldn't even care about his batting average at that point. Yeah, I didn't notice the speed there. He has 25 stolen bases. That That's pretty good. He had 15 the year before with Toronto. Uh, he's leading off for Texas, so maybe you'll see more of that and be able to get those runs. Yeah, I, I, um, that's I, – I had Semyon as a straight second baseman. I, I will probably rank him 7-8-ish when we get there. I'll explain it. Okay. Yeah, that, that's who I have. Uh, I got Pachette, too. You got uh, Semyon, too. Who you got number three? Bobby Witt, Jr., I, I figured you'd have him pretty high, definitely higher than I do. I, he's in my top ten. Um, okay, that's good. That's good. My my number three is uh, Semyon's teammate there, uh, Corey Seager. I just like the power we saw out of Seager. Thirty three home runs. Doesn't quite have the average two forty five, but I mean Semyon hit two forty eight. Uh, I think Seager is also better than he was in his first year in Texas. Like he was a great hitter in Los Angeles. I mean he had a career high home runs last year and you know maybe second year in, in a new team it was uh gonna gonna help him out a little bit but also full disclosure here like this after Trey turner like two to six or seven is just completely like kind of a mismatched tier there for me yeah that's kind of how mine is too i mine's probably after number three like one through three i'm pretty solid on i love my my one through three rankings but then after that it's kind of when we're going to do like actual positional rankings lists coming mm-hmm. up after the first of the year. So we'll actually like we'll spend more than five minutes just kind of throwing a, a quick list together and we'll really break it down. And I might have like a little clearer idea when I get to that. But yeah, for now, like my top three, that's my that's my sweet spot. Yeah, like like we're trying to go over shortstop and third base and also have some other banter during the show. So we're trying to keep this short. We will have an episode of Reach Position in the new year, so definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, what, what do you have to say about Witt? Um, yeah. He's an absolute stud. I think he's like the, he's Trey Turner light. Okay. He's 
I'm trying to remember the stat. He was what the only player last year that scored 80 runs, hit 20 home runs, had 80 RBIs and stole 30 or more bases. Mm. Only player in baseball. That's impressive for a rookie that he kind of had a a Julio Rodriguez-esque beginning of the year. It seems like a lot of people started slow last year that we're talking about. But he, he also started slow and then picked up steam as the season went on. And I think with an actual full year under his belt going into this next season, he could put up some ridiculous numbers. I don't think he has 30 home run power when he kind of feels like that's wits. Like 20 to 25 might be like the best you're going to see from him. But, I mean, he's got 40 40 stolen base speed, and I think he can hit 270. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. He definitely has a ceiling of, of a top shortstop there. Uh, going down to number four, I have the uh, Carlos Correa's new teammate here, Francisco Lindor. Uh, I think he's a he's a solid guy. He's going to hit, you know, 270. Uh, he's had a career average of uh, 277. Hit 26 home runs last year. Has multiple 30 home run seasons. Just with Nimmo and now Correa in front of him in the lineup and Alonzo behind him, I think he. Should get some pitches to hit, have some more Aubrey opportunities. So I feel like that may be me putting him a bit too high. But uh, unfortunately, I like what I'm seeing from the Mets. I mean, I like what I'm seeing, too, because I got Lindor at number four as well. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. I mean, he hit 299 in the second half of the season last year with 13 doubles, two triples, 10 home runs. He was productive throughout the year, but he ended the year on, on a fucking heater. And adding Correa to the lineup, I know they play in the WBC together, so they got a little bit of a history. And so they could be like uh, we talked about Trey Turner and Bryce Harper, how they're real good friends. I don't know how good of friends Correa and Lindor are, but I mean, it could be the same type of situation, like just somebody you really enjoy playing next to just makes you play better, elevate your game. And if he's going to hit 299 in the second half and he's going to come into this season with an elevated outlook on the season and just play better who knows like he he's easily top five he's definitely a, a number four for me i mean yeah we agree on that one so let's go down to uh number five who, who you got here you already broke him down Corey seager i okay. i love the power numbers and everything there i wish his average was a bit better but the dude rakes and he plays he plays in points leagues he plays in uh, I guess roto leagues where you can kind of punt maybe batting average or something, but yeah, he's very productive every year. He's like really consistent. You can count on him. Yeah. I have the uh, man of the hour here. Uh, fifth overall. I have Carlos Correa, uh, which I don't know if that's really high or if the rankings I'm looking at here are really low because fantasy pros, their consensus rankings, they have six experts. Um, he's ranked 22nd. For shortstops, uh, wow. between 19th and 22nd, ESPN even has him ninth best shortstop, which I think is more respectable. You know, he's never we we talked about it. He never he's never had a full season where he's put up 28 home runs or 100 RBIs like his 160 game average is. But I think, you know, Minnesota, it was it was a place to go play for a year, and he was trying to prove himself, and he got the contract that he wanted, and now. Going to that Mets lineup, even more so than Lindor, Nimmo will get on base in front of him. He'll be the two-hitter. You know, they can't put two runners on for Lindor and Alonzo, so he'll get plenty of pitches to hit. He'll get plenty of 
RBI opportunities, run scoring opportunities with Lindor and Alonzo behind him. So I think Correa is going to be probably one of my uh, shortstop sleepers this coming season and possibly sleepers overall. I am not going to lie to you. I ranked him in third baseman. I kind of fucked up there, but I, I don't. I don't know where I would have put him in my shortstop list just because all the rest of the shortstops I have on my list, I might like better, even though I just hyped up Correa and the move to the Mets. And I think it's really good. And I have him ranked fairly high in the third on the third base side of things. I just don't know how I feel about on the shortstop side where it seems to be a lot deeper of a crop of like really good fantasy talent. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Uh, Going down to six here. I think this one could be another um, uh, shocker. Let me check where he's at. He's the eight, okay, eighth overall shortstop for ESPN, but 15th for fantasy pros between 7 and 15. Uh, Xander hmm. Bogarts. Xander oh. Bogarts, we kind of shit on him a little bit when he was a free agent, but just looking at his numbers, he hits for average. He gets doubles. He has one of the best OPSs out of shortstop, which is what I was kind of putting a lot of weight into because uh, – little inside fantasy baseball here. I would normally just look up the uh, Yahoo rankings for last season to kind of give me a baseline, but they're closed now. So I looked up some just MLB, MLB stats, OPS, home run, RBI stuff. And I think Xander Bogart's in that uh, that Padres lineup. I'm not sure where he's hitting. Let me pull that up real quick. It looks like he is going to be hitting. Fangraph projects fit fourth behind Machado in front of Cronenworth. Um I think being in a competitive lineup is going to bring the best out of him. I mean, that's when he was with the best with the Red Sox, 2018, 2019, 23 home runs, 103 RBIs, 33 home runs, 117 RBIs. So I could see him getting back to that, having, you know, a a solid lineup around him. I, on the other hand, am going to continue to shit on Xander Bogarts. (laughs) I think his game was tailor-made for Fenway Park, and I think he did himself a major disservice by leaving let me lay this on you so for his career at home he hit 312 with 165 doubles seven triples and 89 home runs with 398 rbis he played very well at home away from fenway park he hit 271 with 143 doubles Eight triples, so one up by one, but only 67 home runs in 625 games away from Fenway Park. I honestly, he gives me the vibe of a guy that was kind of the face of the Boston Red Sox, and he's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to want to try and like show like, hell yeah, Boston should have kept me. They shouldn't have let me go. And he's going to hit 265 with 10 home runs next year. And everybody's going to go, oh, what the hell, Xander? Like, it, that's, I, I can't see him leaving to go to San Diego and all of a sudden just becoming better when he's had like almost 700 games away from Fenway Park in his career so far. And he has been, uh, I don't want to say average because it feels like I'm kind of sliding him a little bit if I say average. But he has been a much less productive player. That's a better way to put it, but much less productive player away from Fenway Park. And I just I don't even have him in my top 10. Oh, yeah, I, I just pulled up his numbers there. I mean, in his career, he's much better at home than away. Um, also, last year, he was better home than away. Maybe that's uh, something I uh, overlooked here with him. But 
don't know. I, I think he's not going to be the guy in San Diego, which will help a little bit. He'll have Soto Machado around him. I just want to look at his splits from his best season 2019. He had 33 home runs, 117 RBIs. Uh, pretty even split on home runs, 17 homes, 16 away, RBI 64 to 53. But it's also that that average in OPS, OPS at home in that season was over was 1.001, away was 877. It's pretty in line with the decline on the road as a career. So yeah, I, I, Bogarts is a guy that I think depending on your league, he could be a guy that someone values high and goes in the top four or five shortstops, or it could be like like you, and, and then, then be one of those guys that falls a little bit and just to grab. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking that he's somebody that is going to go fairly early. I don't want to say early in drafts. I don't know what his ADP is looking like uh, for I, next year. But... I don't think he will. I I, I don't I, I don't know. I, I I have no idea, though, on his, on his ADP either. <laughs> I, think, I think I can consist, like, I can not consist. I can confidently say I will not be drafting Xander Bogarts next year, no matter how far he falls. I just don't. It's not a draft pick that I'm going to be excited about. I'm not saying that nobody should. Like if it's like if there's two rounds left and Xander Bogarts is there, the smart thing is realistically you should probably draft Xander Bogarts. I just I I don't want him on my team. So I personally will not be doing that. Did did you, did you say who who you have at six? I did not. I have uh, Boba Shet. You got Bo at six all the way down. Uh, I see. I I had a toss up between. He was only going to go as high as five on mine. It was a toss up between him and Seager for me. Okay. Now that I've put like some actual, I'm doing a little research as we talk. You know, kind of yeah. to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Now that I've looked it up quite a bit, I'm thinking that he should be five. And not six. From August okay. on last I, season, he hit 345 with a 172 WRC plus, 19 doubles, a triple, 10 home runs, 38 RBIs, and stole six bases. That like that's a productive ass end of the year, and he's my new number five. Yeah, I, I think he was a guy that. One one of the guys in my my big money league, we started keeper league off of that with the most active people. That uh, one of the guys that loves trading was trying to get him off of me, and I was like, uh, well, first of all, I have Bichette drafted like I think like round fifteen or eighteen, so I'm keeping him no matter what. Okay. Like I, I was like, he's not going to be as bad as he was in the first half. First half, eight home runs, thirty six RBIs, hit two eighty two. Second half, sixteen home runs, fifty seven RBIs, hit two ninety seven. So yeah, I, I think Bo Bichette. You're moving up six to five in the, in the span of five minutes. I think you'll you'll get him up there in, in the top three by our shortstop positional uh, episode. I, I right, might. I think you're going right. Going down. Let, 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 trying to speed this up a little bit because we probably spent too much. I feel like shortstop overall after the top, maybe even just after Trey Turner, it could be completely wide open because, I mean, I have Bo second. You have Bo sixth. You have Semien second. I would have had Semien probably sixth or seventh. Witt, Seager, Lindor, they're all kind of in there depending on everyone's individual values. Um, I have Witt. We're going down to seven now. I have Witt eight. I think I'm just um, – I want to see what he can do before I go to his ceiling. He definitely has a ceiling of a top two or three shortstop. But the guy I have at number seven, I don't know if you have him ranked at shortstop at all, if you think of him as an outfielder at this point. But uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., 
I think I have him at seven or no. Uh, yeah, seven with uh, with eight. I think he's going to be overlooked based off the, the steroids, the injury, the suspension, everything. And he could be a guy that, you know, come 2024 is a top top round, top two round pick. And you might be able to get him as a, as a steal there as the seventh, eighth, ninth best shortstop. Uh, I have Tatis at eight, so I'm almost oh, right there with you. All right. Yeah. I, and I have uh, Wander Franco at number seven. Okay. You can, I like the upside you, you there. You can gush, gush about Franco for a bit if you want. I like the upside there. Actually, if I'm going to gush about anybody, I want to gush about my number 10. I have, Franco, I, I have Franco 10. Oh, 10's the guy you're like, oh, my God, I could have him top five. Yeah. Okay, so number nine, I have O'Neal Cruz. Wait, no. Franco first. You, you have Franco uh, seven, you said? I have yeah. 10. He had it injuries last year, right? Yeah, that's that's the hard part. He has all the talent in the world, but can't stay healthy. Very uh, Luis Robert esque. He's like the Byron Buxton infielder. Yeah, or, or Which Luis I, Robert. Yeah, it's, it's a good comparison there. I looked so, at Byron Buxton this morning just for I don't even know why. It's fucking weird ass reasons. He hit like twenty eight home runs in under a hundred games last year. Yeah, I mean, he's absolutely he's absolutely sick. I, I wanted the Phillies to get him for center field, but like having those injuries and not being able to stay healthy is the issue. All right. Um, so we got Tatis. You had Franco. Uh, you have Tatis eighth. I have Witt eighth. We've been over him. Number nine, um, a guy people may have higher, but definitely signing in Chicago hurts him. I have Dansby Swanson. Okay. Okay. I didn't put him in my top 10. All right. Who, who, who's your nine here? O'Neal Cruz, which Cruz I mean, it's a it's nine. a dumb ranking right. at number nine. Realistically, I just like the thought that a six seven shortstop could hit like forty yeah, home runs and steal thirty bases. He's 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 not that dumb, but I think Swanson is going to be interesting going to Chicago because I think he was a beneficiary of that lineup. But he he has thirty double, twenty home run, fifteen stolen bases, hit you know. 260 maybe he's, he's a solid shortstop i think there is one of the guys that i think he'll be a guy that falls further than he should i'm not going to reach for him he's not going to be the guy i'm counting on to be my shortstop but if i miss out on one of the top guys he'll be in that tier of like okay i can go with him and just he'll be a solid guy to have there yeah i, th- I think swanson's gonna have an okay year i i don't think he's gonna have the year he had last season but uh like atlanta last year was 14th uh, in terms of like hitter friendly parks, Chicago was 22nd. So he goes to a bit of harder kind of home field to hit in. So it'll just be curious for me to see how his game's going to transition over there. Uh, yeah, I, I'm looking through shortstops here. I'm trying to guess who your number 10 is going <laughs> to be. Uh, I, I have a few options here. Um, you could be listening to some jazz music. You could be, uh, Willie Adamas. Oh, yep. no. Nailed no. it. Willie Adamas. All right. Wait, what were you going to say? I was going to say a guy who I, I I'm, I'm going to save him for third base because I have him 10 at third base. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My, mine is Willie Adamas. I'm going to save a deeper breakdown on him for when i write this article that i'm going to write about him now because now that i've researched him so much i need to and i'll do a little deeper dive next uh shortstop kind of rankings but he is somebody that i think he's going to be my biggest sleeper of next season i don't even know if you could consider him a sleeper he's not somebody that necessarily gets talked about that much 
but he has insane power at the shortstop position. He's got to stay healthy, which I think we've said about a bunch of people now. But, I mean, to end the year last year, that's been my go-to stat of the day. Uh, he hit 262 with 16 doubles, 11 home runs, 42 RBIs, and five stolen bases from August through the end of the year. Uh, he has crazy power. If he can stay healthy, he he could hit 40-plus home runs. I mean, this last year he hit uh, 31 with 31 doubles in 139 games. So he missed out on like, what, 20, 23 games? I, he's He has too much upside for me. The, the amount of power that he has at the shortstop position is just so fun. And he he hits for a better average than O'Neill Cruz. He's not going to steal the bases, but he walks a decent amount. He's got a 9% career walk rate. I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned I, w- I was sorting shortstops by, you know, OPS, RBIs, home runs. I mean, he, he popped out to me with 31 home runs. You know, he had 25 in 2021 between uh, Tampa and Milwaukee. Most of those coming. He had 20 home runs in 99 games with Milwaukee there. And then last year, 31, like you said, 98 RBIs, 139 games. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna be – shortstop is somehow – just become kind of a deepish position. Like there's, there's usually 12 guys here in the, in the standard 12 team league. We're like, okay, I can have him as my shortstop. Like these 10, we mentioned jazz Chisholm is definitely probably top 15 shortstop. I'm not sure if he's healthy for next season to start. Um, We didn't even mention uh, Tommy Edmond. He's a solid middle infielder. He's not going to be top 10, but top 15, top 12. Um, You had Cruz there. Who else here? I mean, Tommy yeah. Edmond burned me last year. He started out real good. I ha- I don't have his stats in front of me. He started out really good. Like, he was the number one overall shortstop for a while. And then he kind of seemed like he just fell off a cliff Tommy for the rest like, of the year. Tommy Edmond's one of those guys where you're like, okay, I'm going to draft him in the 15th round. He'll be my shortstop for the season. And uh, I know they have that position covered. That, that's what it is. Yeah. What are your thoughts on a, a guy that I'm – let me look up his numbers real quick to make sure that he has fallen off. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, Tim Anderson. What are your thoughts on him? Ooh, he dealt with injuries too last year, didn't he? Yeah, only 79 games last year. Six home runs, 25 RBIs, but he hit 301 year before. 123 games, 17 home runs, 61 RBIs. You know, 309 average. He's been the face of the you know make baseball fun stuff. So I, I, I'm rooting for him. I hope he can do better than you know the 15th. 14th best shortstop like like some places have them but i mean it's a matter of also the white Sox. like what the fuck are they gonna do like are, are they gonna be good <laughs> who knows i think you that's what everybody in chicago is saying <laughs> as well yeah like well, tim he's he's a weird one for me just because he's not necessarily fast i mean his sprint speed is in the 76 percentile so like he's kind of fast but the dude's babip every year is nuts like he had a 347 Babbitt this year, 372 the year before, 383 the year before that, 399 in 103 or 123 games in 2019. His Babbitt is just crazy high for somebody whose speed, like normally you can get away with it if you have like super high, like just fast as fuck. Like you can get away with that, but 
I don't know. He's a weird one. Like he he's good. Yeah, I mean I mean let's uh let, let's save this for the shortstop discussion because yeah. hopefully we won't do positional rankings where maybe we'll do some like tiers or, or like rank some uh, also bottom guys and stuff. So yeah, Correa is a shortstop. You know, I mean he was a shortstop. He's gonna be a third baseman now. So as after we go, you have anything else to say about these uh shortstop rankings we went through? I think that's all I've got on shortstops. All right, we finished up uh, shortstop, Correa's old position. But now look, looking at Correa's new position, not quite eligible there yet on most platforms, but he'll be third base eligible five, ten games into the season. So not not a huge issue there. Um, let's look at our third base rankings now with Correa involved. Once again, I think we have hopefully a consensus number one here with Ramirez. <laughs> of course, of course. Okay, yeah. I mean, he's just clearly... I uh, regret not taking him. I think I had the third overall pick last year, and I took Soto over uh, Ramirez because I thought Ramirez wasn't playing on a good enough team. But, but I, but somehow I thought the Nationals were good enough for Juan Soto. Whatever. Give <laughs> J Ram. He's going to be number one. Correa's not going to threaten him. Um, two, three were kind of interchangeable for me. I, I wrote them down. I scribbled them out. I put them put them another way. I have two, three Machado and Bregman. Oh, okay. So I have Machado at three. Okay. I don't have Bregman at two, though. I have Machado two. I have Bregman three. Okay. So you have Devers up there. No. Oh. Well, I have Austin Riley. Okay. Okay. I I, I can see that. I mean, this is another position where you're looking at pretty much after Ramirez. And I think Machado is, is is up there as well. But then you have Bregman, Devers, Riley, whoever else we're going to talk about is kind of up there. But yeah, you, you think Riley gets more production now with um, Swanson gone? Or you think just going to keep keep uh, getting better? I think he's just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's only his. I don't even know how to count 2020. It's only it will count it, like his third full season, pretty much. I mean, he hit 39 doubles, 38 home runs, drove in 93 RBIs, and hit 273. His baseball savant page, his numbers are off the fucking charts. 95th percentile or better. Actually, yeah, 95th percentile or better in average exit velocity, max exit velocity, hard hit rate, XWOBA, expected slugging, and barrel rate. His barrel rate was 15.7% for the year, which is absolutely absurd. A 50.8% hard hit rate. He's progressed every year in all of these numbers, and I don't see why next year he can't just be even better. Yeah, you're. I mean, I have him ranked a bit lower, but you're talking me into him. I think I had him on one of my teams last year, and he he was an absolute beast. 38 home runs, 93 RBIs. I mean, his 162 game average is 35 home runs, 99 RBIs. Hits 272 OPS, 846, and over the last two years, 898, 878. Total base is 325 last year, career high. Should only hit higher in the lineup now with, with Swanson gone. He's projected to hit third between Michael Harris Jr. and Matt Olson, so he'll get maybe some uh, righty versus lefty matchups there as well, which he absolutely crushes. So, yeah, Riley in the top three is definitely not out of uh, possibility for me. Yeah, and he was shifted fairly heavily last year, too. I mean, 41% Ooh. of the time. I don't know if you want to call that heavily. 41%. I mean, that's almost half. So that's... His, 
his weighted on base average with the shift was 349, which I mean it's a respectable number. His weighted on base average with no shift was 392, which is absurd. Mm. So no shift next year. Um, Austin Riley could be uh, he could he could hit 285, probably a pretty respectable number. If you add the no shift in there, if you put that power with a 285 average, that's that's a second place third baseman in my book. And I know we're we're not the gambling podcast here, and the line might not <laughs> even be out. But Austin Riley for National League MVP, he finished sixth last year, seventh the year before. If he gets to 40, 45 home runs, 100 RBIs, 115 RBIs, and the Braves win that East Division, I mean, he's going to be the, the straw that stirs the drink. It's not going to be Matt Olson. It's going to be him. He hits 273. 38 home runs last year. He's their superstar now. That that Freeman's gone. That Swanson's gone. I, I mean, I guess they have Acuna. I guess he's a, yeah. he's a pretty decent player. But he's okay. I think Austin Riley could be a, a good good long shot there for the MVP. Uh, um, so who's your number three? Uh, Bregman, right? Bregman's I have Mach- I have Machado and Bregman. I think they're. I mean, Correa doesn't really have impact. I think either of those guys, Machado. Gets another weapon there in San Diego with Bogart, so it uh, just takes some of the pressure off him. He get, he'll get more pitches to hit. He'll have uh, better hitters around him, so I think he'd, he'll just continue to improve. I think people—I don't know why people overlook Machado so much because he was up there with Harper. Be like, oh, who, Harper or Machado? Who's going to be? Who's going to sign where? Because he had 33, 37, 35 home runs, 32 last year, like 102 RBIs, second MVP race being completely overlooked he could end up being the top third baseman or even a top 10 or 15 fantasy baseball hitter uh bregman he's just a solid dude he, he just continues to you know just be be a, a pest in the al west he, he can hit for power he had 41 home runs uh and that that that's insane he had 41 home runs in 2019 I'm expecting yeah. I'm expecting more like the 23 and 93 RBIs last year, so I think Bregman I maybe have a bit too high just due to the Astros' impact and just him being consistent. But he's definitely top five and above Correa for me. And Bregman gets a boost in points leagues too. I know you don't play the most points leagues. That's kind of my my thing. But I mean, he has a higher walk than K rate last year. 13.3% walk rate, 11.7% K rate. So that gives him a fairly large boost in points leagues. And his home runs were only at 23, which isn't quite as many as you want. But he had 38 doubles. So he he still gets the extra bases when you need him. Mm-hmm. And I think the 259 average, I think, was an anomaly. I think he, if I remember correctly, he started slow last year, which a lot of these people seemed to have started slow last year, which I think was kind of thanks to the lockout. So mm-hmm. it, it did uh, kind of mess with his end of season numbers. He, I think he does yeah, get closer he, to that he 277. Hit, he hit uh, 287 in the second half, 238 in the first half. So yeah, there and we go. that was only 67 games. He had more home runs in the fir- in the second half than in 88 games in the first half. He had 11. So yeah, Bregman, yeah, he's, he's due for a better season with a, uh, without the lockout. Yeah, he was somebody I took in the second round last year. I, I took Jose Ramirez in the first round, and I took Bregman in the second round. And you, you have Bregman third, or you have Machado third? Machado third. You have Machado, Machado third. third. Okay, yep. yeah. I have Machado second. Do you have do Bregman you have fourth? fourth? I no, I do not. I have Devers fourth. So do I. 
All right, yeah. I mean, I think even though he's the only guy in that lineup, he still is really good. And if they're not re-signing him, they better trade him before he just walks away like Bogarts did. I think that's what's going to happen because the last thing I saw was that they're, I think the term was they're galaxies apart on contract right now, which, I mean, Chain Bloom seems to be very good at sending shitty contract extension offers to their superstars. So, so yeah, Devers is going to be above Correa. He's going to be, I think he's clearly below, I mean, everyone's clearly below Ramirez. I think Riley, you have Devers above Machado? No, I got Machado three, Devers four. And then you have, do you have Bregman five? Uh, see, this is where this is where I put Correa. You have Arenado. You have, oh, you have Correa five. Yeah, I put Correa in. Where do you have Bregman? Six. Six, okay. Yeah, I have uh, Arenado five with a, with an arrow next to him with a question mark. Maybe it should be higher. <laughs> um, I think it was, I mean, this was just a very quick glance because I spent most of my time ranking the shortstops. But, third, <laughs> I mean, he's had in the last what's that one two three four five six seven full seasons he's hit at least 30 home runs 30 34 41 38 37 41 42 obviously uh course field impacted that but last two years in st louis 34 30 probably would have been the mvp if paul goldschmidt didn't go completely off in that lineup so they added Contreras. i'm not sure if they added anyone else or maybe they're just hoping that um the young guys like Edmund, like um, Dylan Carlson, like Yepes, like Lars Nupar, uh, one of our favorite players, can get better. And <laughs> he's going to be hitting the heart of that order. I, I think he's going to be a top five, six, third baseman. You know what? I put Arenado at seven, and I regret it. I He's five for third, me. Third base is not. third base is deep. Third base is deep now. Like we have you have J Ram. He's going to be a, he's going to be a first round pick. Then you have, I mean, you have Riley second. I have Machado second. And you got Bregman in there. You got Devers. You got Arenado. You got Correa. You got Riley. You got even even Witt is third base eligible. Like you have third base. You could have all those guys gone by like the fifth round. Yeah. And I mean, Arenado just had the season that I talked about. Uh, Austin Riley could have to be my number two third baseman next year. Hit 42 doubles, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, and hit 293. I bet I I messed that one up, putting him down at seven. He needs to be higher than that. But you said you have Correa at five. Yeah, I'd so swap you, them in a heartbeat. Go through go through your top seven then. Uh, top seven would be uh, Jose Ramirez, Austin Riley, Manny Machado, Rafael Devers, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, Bregman, Jesus. Bregman. Yeah. You have Bregman below Correa? I do. And then Arenado at seven. I think that's my Mariners bias, though. Because, you know, All right, so, uh, fuck the Astros. Yeah, but. so, I, I, no, I, I agree. So, basically, two through seven is kind of, that's kind of its own tier there if you don't get J-Ram in the first round. Um, I guess we should mainly talk about Correa. What do, what do you like about him moving to third base and, and just adding that eligibility? Uh, I think he does add another kind of startable, like very confident startable third baseman for next season. Because I know like for me, after number seven, it was kind of like that's after number seven for me was definitely the next like tier below everybody else. So Correa offers another 
or when he gets to the eligibility, he'll offer another very mm-hmm. like startable third baseman that you can kind of set and forget, which is ideally what everybody wants. Yeah, I mean, third base is, is seems to be that type of position you can get one of those like top. In the past, it's only been I feel like top five or six guys, but now it seems to be top. I mean, you mentioned seven, maybe seven or eight. Um, so my my seven are are J Ram, Machado, Bregman, Devers, Arenado, Correa, and Riley. I think we in the mix of the top seven, we agree on all yeah. those. Yeah, we agree on that first tier. All right, who who's your eight? I'm not super confident about it, but Max Muncy. Max Muncy. Okay, I was considering him for the. Uh, for the last for the lower tier here with 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 eight nine ten but i i did not put him in uh what did you what is your reasoning here uh last year he was coming off with that elbow surgery which kind of messed him up for the whole season and he didn't really start to get healthy until more towards the end of the year wait so and, another, another player that had a better second half we're, we're ranking highly here oh what, let, what you're telling me let me let me double check these <laughs> second half stats here no, his second, his second half was, 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 was much better than the first half yeah oh yeah he hit, i mean he hit 230 which isn't crazy but better power numbers and all that and i think that's that uh elbow starting to feel yeah. a little better i mean he's a walk machine like 16 percent walk rate uh, he only hit 196 on the year not the greatest but in the past he's been a good uh good combination of kind of walks and power i mean he hit 36 home runs the year before 35 in 2019 and 2018 as well a lot of run scoring to be had in that dodgers lineup and i think i'm basing this off of a healthy max muncie i oh, think yeah. it slides into number seven we'll just have to see how how well that elbow did to heal fully yeah i i'm trying to look up uh max muncie his shift stats and it took me to the oakland athletics max muncie here so let me <laughs> He was shifted uh, 89% of the time each of the oh. past two seasons. Each of the past three seasons, his uh, weighted on base average with no shift. Uh, last season was 220. With the shift was 331. So maybe no shift is going to somehow hurt him. But I think he's he's a pull hitter that should hopefully benefit from that. And that, that he's not a bad look for, for a uh, – he's kind of turned into a sleeper even though he has like – I'm not sure if he has eligibility everywhere, but first base, second base, third base, he uh, adds some utility value there. Um, my number eight here is uh, Bobby Witt. I don't know if he has third base el- eligibility everywhere. I don't know if you just overlooked him here, but I got him at shortstop. Well, well but he, he has dual eligibility, like 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 Correa. Ah, that's that's, true. That's why, that's why we're talking about it. But yeah, but see, I, if I, I put him in there, I would put him above Austin Riley at number two. You put him number two. I'm kidding. He would he would be three for my shortstop and my third baseman though. Who's second? Riley second? Yeah, I put him after Riley. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess for me he has the ceiling uh, of that, but you just know what you're getting from Riley, Machado, Bregman, Devers, Arenado, Correa. Like you know what you're getting from those five six top guys, and you know what if if you need to take a chance on somebody, Wit could be a guy you definitely take a chance on. He can help you out shortstop and third base just like Correa can um I guess let's go with uh my number nine then uh Chris Bryant most people don't think of him as a third baseman Mm. he may only be outfield eligible in some spots but I think coming off an injury at at Coors Field we talked about how Nolan Arenado had such inflated numbers there 
I could see him getting back to uh, 25, 30 home runs, maybe not the RBI numbers he had in Chicago because the lineup is not around him. But I think he's a guy that, you know, if we used to do like an in-person draft and like if I feel like if I took him late, it'd be like, oh, let's go pick. Let's go pick. Because like he's (laughs) he's a guy that could be a top few round pick and you'd be able to get him, steal him late here and just take a flyer on him. I'm glad that that's like a universal draft speak thing because we do that at our drafts too. Like, oh, good pick, good pick. Well, it's like, oh, man, I was, I, oh, man, I was going to take him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, Chris Bryant was somebody I thought about, but I didn't put in my top 10. Okay. Uh, but I I can see why the case can be made because, I mean, when he's healthy, he's a, he is a top 10 third baseman. I guess last year just kind of turned me off to Chris Bryant a little bit. Just because he didn't, he didn't seem the most eager to want to play. If that makes sense, like, I, mean, I, I don't. Know. I mean, look at that Rockies lineup and and uh, record. You, you you can't blame him too much. But also, I, he I he, he, did, he did sign that contract there. So, yeah, and he still hit 306 in a limited amount of games, 851 OPS, which is pretty good in 42 games. But then like he only hit five home runs, and if I remember correctly, he hit zero home runs at home, which was wild. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you play yeah. at Coors Field and hit yeah. zero home runs? So it's, it's just a weird year overall. I think if he's healthy and he's playing at Coors, he's a 30, 35 home run guy, I think. I don't know if he's going to hit 300, but 275 seems like a reasonable spot where he could be at. So right around his career average, 279. Mm-hmm. So like, if he hits 279 again with 32 home runs, that's not a bad, not a bad year overall. All right, so who do you have at, at 9 and 10? Because my 10 is going to be a, uh, a discussion. I am ready for this one. Matt Chapman is my number 9. Matt Chapman, number 9. I think that's a uh, a decent reach there. I mean, he it was definitely better in, uh, in Oakland. Uh, he's definitely probably top 15, top 12 for me, third baseman. But I can't get behind him, him yet. I mean, he's... If you're looking for a guy that you know what you're going to get, you're going to get 25 home runs. Maybe not a great average. 25 home runs, 75 RBIs, hit 220. That's fine. That's, that's fine to plug in if you have other average guys. I mean, yeah, he's in that 8 to 12, 15 range, third baseman for me. That's about where I have him, too. Like, he he's going to kind of make a run at 30 doubles and 30 home runs every year. Yeah. He's not he's not spectacular, but I don't think anybody after number seventy, completely honest, is like all that spectacular or flashy. I yeah, think yeah. a lot uh, of them are kind of dartboards. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm I'm starting to think like in my head, like process like how we should do our positional episodes because like rankings isn't fair. You need like a a tier system, but also within those tiers, like okay, here's the safe guys, here's the guys that might may have a higher higher ceiling. Yeah, I think that's how we should do it. And I, I mean, I know the graphics guy. We could probably get some graphics made up too to I can make show some where we have. I can do that. You're the graphics guy I was speaking of. There we go. <laughs> we can get some. I know some a guy. Your graphics up. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to him. Uh, okay, so who's right. your who, number nine? No, who is your number ten? My number ten is Justin Turner. Okay, I, I thought about putting him on there. Yeah. Not flashy, consistent. Like, it's always like a decent fantasy option. But I think that's what number 10 usually is. Just like, he's a decent guy. I'm curious to hear yours, though. 
so so to be fully transparent here, this was something I, I, I texted Blake about earlier today. I was like, all right, let's each look at, take five, 10 minutes, look at our, our top 10 shortstop, top, top 10 third baseman. And of course, I, I told him to do that, but it just completely slipped my mind. So I was texting him like right before recording. I was like, all right, I'm good whenever. And I was like, oh, wait, I have to look at my rankings. <laughs> and I did shortstop first. I did third base second. I was, I was like, as we've discussed, top, top seven, pretty simple for me. But like after that, it, it gets kind of interesting. And I figured I would spice things up quite a bit. Maybe not too much looking at um, how ESPN and Fantasy Pros has him ranked as of now. But this is a team that I like. They're uh, up and coming a little bit. You have any guesses? Are oh, you going to say Alec Bohm? No, no, come on. No, uh, not, I thought you were not, going not the not homer. Not that much pick. of a homer. I, I, uh, was looking, I was looking at uh, Eugenio Suarez's home runs, and I was like, oh, should I put him 10 for Blake? Oh, see, you're you're pandering to your co-host. I like that. No, is that who you put, though? No, this is another guy who does have both uh, shortstop and third base here. Maybe I should have put him instead of Franco as my 10th on shortstop. Does that help at all? Oh, is it... Up and coming team, up and coming team, up and coming, up and coming shortstop. Uh, have an up and coming. It's a catcher as well. Let's give it away. Catcher as well. Yeah, I have a great. MJ Melendez. No, no. no. A great. Out of right, well. right league there. They they have their great catcher is, is their main prospect. Uh, have a few good few good power hitters as well in the lineup. Um. I'm drawing a blank. He's he's known he's known more as a shortstop, if that helps. Uh, oh, Javier Baez? American League. Javier, come on. He's not young. <laughs> the American League, not the West. Honestly, Javier Baez was such a stupid guess since you said the catcher thing. I, I, I honestly don't know. I'm drawing a blank. He's in the AL East. I'm still drawing a blank. Really? Gunnar yeah. Henderson. I've got Gunnar Henderson as my my tenth oh. third baseman here. Uh, kind of just a similar pick to Franco there as my tenth shortstop. I think he has a a high ceiling. Um, I didn't want to put someone like Muncie or like Ty France or Matt Chapman or the or these veterans that you know we know what we're going to see from them. You know what? Where, where did uh, Brandon Drury sign though? He signed with the he signed with the Angels. Never mind. He, Angels he's not. He, he's going to be a good uh, utility guy, but not running position. Yeah, Gunnar Henderson, I think he's definitely going to be – he's playing shortstop, right? Like he, he's, he's a shortstop. Yeah. That's what you, yeah. you know him as. That's why you probably didn't think of him. But third-base eligibility, he can get some steals. He can uh, hit for average. He was only caught up, I believe, in August or, or September even last year. Yeah, one game in August, uh, 33 games, September, October. Hit solidly. I think a full spring training for him. He has a high ceiling. You know, I, I, I mean, you can hear it in my voice. I'm, I'm not defending this pick very strongly. It's just <laughs> I thought it would be a spicy pick for number ten. You know what though? I like it. I like spicy picks. He's you went with upside, which I think is a good. We did like the opposites. I went like with a guy that has like a real high floor with Justin yeah. Turner, and you went with a guy that has a really high upside with Gunnar Henderson. I mean, he did only get called up at the end of the year, but there's a lot of stuff to be excited about. 92.4% average exit velo, almost just shy of a 10% barrel rate. 
53.7% hard hit rate. He hits the hell out of the ball. He's got to figure out how to hit lefties, mm-hmm. which yeah, is good. I want to see how that goes in spring training. But if he can figure that out, yeah, I I love him at 10. I even, honestly, you can put him at 8, and I wouldn't mm. have been upset about it. I mean, I mean, yeah, the only, I mean, I, I was looking at Fantasy Pros ESPN's rankings because like that, that's what I was just trying to get the, the, the pool of players from. And Fantasy Pros has him ranked ninth between 8 and 14 with their six experts. Uh, ESPN has him 10th. So I figured it wasn't too much of a reach, but like as I talk about it more, as I look into his stats more, it does seem like a reach. He'll be one of those guys you look at in the tier of like, okay, you can't count on him to be your starting third baseman or shortstop, but if you get him in a util role with another like iffy third baseman or shortstop, that, that's not a bad option. Because the, the, the Orioles have a the top of the lineup here, according to Fangraphs, is Cedric Mullins. He's good. Nice. Adley Rutschman. He's pretty Excellent. good. Gunnar Henderson. Yeah. And then uh, Anthony Santander had 33 home runs last year. And uh, Ryan Mountcastle had 22 home runs. So, like, they're not going to compete in that division because it's an absolute gauntlet. But they have a good top four or five and then before it falls off. Yeah, I think he's he's going to score a good chunk of runs. He's going to have a chance to hit with runners on base. He's got some power. Yeah, I, I like it. I I really like it, especially in like keeper leagues. Mm-hmm. He's somebody that I'm drafting probably way earlier than would be advisable <laughs> in like a keeper league, just because I think if you get him a full season of major league at bats, this year is going to be, I think, good. Next year, I think, could be great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited for just any sort of fantasy baseball platform to start opening up drafts and stuff, whether it's a best ball, whether it's just a normal yearly thing, just to start getting in there, the nitty gritty of the drafting and the ADPs and stuff, because that's when it really gets exciting. And I guess to to bring us all home here, we, we started with Carlos Correa. That's the reason we started ranking these shortstops and third basemen. Um Overall, you have to say the move to third base as well as the move to New York rather than San Fran definitely improves them a bit, right? It moves them up the rankings. Absolutely. I I think San Francisco, I don't see anything appealing about going to San Francisco at all to play baseball unless your name is Barry Bonds. So a move over to the Mets instead of San Francisco is only a positive. Yeah, I think just looking at my rankings, if he was on the Giants, Correa at shortstop, I would probably have him behind Bogarts, Tatis, Witt, maybe even Swanson, because Swanson's I think is a better overall player, and San Fran is a a pitcher park there, but and also third base. I mean, third base has a bunch of solid guys there we talked about, and Correa would have just kind of fall. He wouldn't have played third base for the Giants, so it wouldn't have even mattered. So just getting yeah. that vers- versatility too, having shortstop, third base. If you're in a deeper league with uh, middle infield and corner infield, he's another option at both of those spots. So the versatility plus the lineup plus I guess it's still kind of a pitcher's park, but it's more so the lineup and versatility is is what increases his value for me. Yeah, and if you guys listen to some of our earlier episodes that we were doing end of the season, because we started up kind of beginning of September, so season Mm -hmm. was still going on. Uh, We're really big on guys with, multi-position eligibility it is a it's something that i think gives a player a considerable boost being Mm -hmm. able to slide them into multiple spots it's one of the reasons why we were such 
such an MJ, MJ Melendez podcast there for a while because <laughs> you can like catcher and outfield, which is that's, that's an huge. incredible combo. But yeah, so him getting the shortstop and third base eligibility does move him up. I'm going to have to see how he plays to start the year to see exactly where I'll fit him in. And I'm curious to see where he's going to end up on my final shortstop rankings and third base rankings because I'll, I'll, I'll put him on both. But I'm curious. But, yeah, I think this is an overall positive for him. I think he has a huge year. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's going to want to prove that he's worth the money. And he's playing on a contender. Like, the yeah. Mets are – who knows how many fucking games the Mets are going to win next year. It's going to be a wild ride. And I think he's going to be sitting shotgun just killing it next year. So we'll, we'll have to see how it plays out. Yeah, I mean, he played well in Houston, won Rookie of the Year, won the World Series there, obviously. But, you know, coming to New York, big market, spending a ton of money. There's a lot of expectations there. So we'll have to see if he lives up to the hype. And, you know, maybe him and some of these guys we talked about, we'll talk about this more throughout the offseason. But don't give up on him if he has a, a slow a slow start. Or he could be a good uh, buy-low candidate if he has a slow start. Because, you know, new, new, new league for him even. He hasn't played in the NL yet. New division, new everything, new ballpark. So maybe he'll start out slow and then come out hot. But yeah, overall, definitely a, a, a positive for both Carlos Correa and the Mets. I cannot wait till next year when we can start firing off uh, buy low candidates and sell Ooh. high candidates and all that stuff. Oh, I fucking love that stuff so much. I wrote a lot of articles about that last year and being able to write up those articles and then talk about them on the platform that we're creating right now. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah. And uh, this is just another reminder that uh, baseball money is fake. Definitely here with Carlos Correa (laughs) and and Steve Cohen spending all that money. And you know what? I I, I was writing something and reading something here today that, you know, Steve Cohen is worth like, I think it's like 17 and a half billion (laughs) <laughs> and he's paying 111 million in luxury tax with you know what it, it sounds like a lot to us common folk who you know who struggle paycheck to paycheck or, or whatever but that's just such a low percentage of i think it's less than one percent if i calculate it properly because like 100 million you have to get a thousand million for one billion so he has $175,000 million is his net worth. And he's showing, as we've talked about, baseball money is fake. All the owners are worth more than they are spending. The luxury tax is a joke. There will eventually be a salary cap in baseball. There has to be. And the teams need to start taking advantage of that sooner than later before there becomes one. And Steve Cohen is doing that. You want to see... Uh, an owner that wants to win, that's a fan, that wants to see butts in the seats. They, and you know what? Spending more money, you get more money out of it because you make the playoffs, you get the playoff shares, you get tickets there, you get more jersey sales, you get everything. So these these small market teams that just aren't spending, like, oh, we're, we're Kansas City, we're can't, we can't spend. Oh, we're Milwaukee, we can't spend. No, your owner is, is worth many millions, if not billions, and, and they could spend if they want to. I don't think I've ever heard a better rant to close out the show on. <laughs> that was incredible. Hopefully people are still listening. It. I hope they're still listening as well, because this is one hell of an episode. But on that note, go ahead and follow us 
on Twitter. I'll plug the Twitter again at SGPN Fan Baseball. Make sure you go check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we always appreciate those five star ratings and reviews. They help us grow what we are working on growing right now in a massive way. And we're thankful for every one of them. You can follow me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. Yeah, make sure you give us a follow and uh, rating and review, especially if you're listening this long. You're, you're, you're a true fan here, so make sure you can help the show grow. Share it with your friends. Give us a five-star rating and review on Spotify, Apple, whatever platform you prefer. But, uh, yeah, I am uh, Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.